Welcome to the Herald Express Talker United Yellow Army podcast, brought to you weekly by Guy Henderson and Richard Hughes. We'll be talking about everything that you ever wanted to know about Talker United. Uh, you can find us in the Talker United channel on the Devon Live website, or you can subscribe to us on iTunes. a six-point week on the Yellow Army podcast. Six points since we last spoke. Richard, we love weeks like this, don't we? Yeah, we, we do love weeks like this. It, uh, the dog's barking again. Hey, we'll just get on with it, eh? Uh, well, li- well, I didn't hear it then. Hopefully our listeners won't have you. Li- you live podcast. The, the joys of live listener. podcasting. Yeah. I had an email the other day from a listener who said he nearly lost an eardrum to uh, when one of the dogs kicked off. Now, my postman's already been. So hopefully the dog will be quiet. But anyway, let's talk football, Richard. We've yes. won two games yes. to, since since we last podcasted. Um, we love a six-point week. And, and you caught Gary in a good mood this morning. Not that he's not always in a good mood, but he was in a bullying mood this morning at the training round, I thought. He certainly was, and he was happy to talk about all things Talk United. And um, yeah, no, some good, good, good stories to come out of what he said as well. There are. Let's go and listen to what he says and listen out for a piece of extremely good news for Gulls fans uh, hidden away in uh, in our chat with Gary. Let's have a listen. Gary, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Um, it's been a good week, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been a very good week. It's very important that we, we picked up a couple of wins as soon as we could and it was nice to get them you know, both in the, in the next two games sort of thing. So uh, we recovered from our Maidstone poor performance and uh, Picked up two wins, so sort of puts us a little bit back on on the straight and narrow. But uh, we still got to win a few more games yet. Yeah, it's a busy period coming up. It is a busy period, and um, you know, there's, we, we, we're coming up to to quite a few. I mean, I think we've got 13 games left, um, and in those 13, of course, we've got to play a lot of the teams that are that are up there, teams that are desperate to stay in the playoff places or actually are trying to get into the playoff places. You know, there's still quite a lot of teams that fancy their chances. So uh, there's going to be no gimmies. The only yeah. gimme is the Dover the Dover game where, uh, you, you know, they're not going to play it sort of thing. So, you you uh, just beat me to that. How much does that worry you? Uh, what what could result from, from any kind of decision over that? Well, it worries everybody and it's you know it'd be great to know early what what they're planning on doing right because what you don't want is people not to know what the scenario is from the from the um the, the people that are making the decision on dover mm-hmm. um, and if, if they leave it too late you've got no chance of uh understanding <laughs> why they've done it and how it's going to affect you yeah, you need it, to know as early as possible. Does it annoy you that they made that decision to stop playing? I mean, well, if, if finances are that tight, then what do they do? Well, well, it, well, it does. Unfortunately, you'll make that a headline, and that'll be the, <laughs> and then everybody will hate me down at Dover. So I'll try not. I'll to avoid comment. that, Gary. I'll avoid that. We'll, we'll keep <laughs> yeah. this to the podcast. <laughs> okay. Well, it. it yeah, of course. I mean, you know, you, you enter into a competition and and you would like to hope. I mean, I know the pandemic doesn't come along every season, but, yeah. you know, all, all the other clubs have, 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 you know, have been struggling as well. And everybody's tried very hard to keep the keep the league going in its in its proper form, um, bar one. And, and that's, uh, 
is disappointing because it will affect um, the league in one way and another. Uh, yeah. Um, so looking forward, so uh, in injury-wise, uh, obviously, you, you said before, keep asking the question, but I probably won't give you the answer. Um, yeah. The players coming back, uh, any timelines on that? Well, what I'm pleased with, a few of our lads that needed the game time, we've been given given game yeah. time to, that are playing in the team. Yeah. You know, your likes of Armani's, your Scots, your um, Winters, you know, they, they, they needed match practice if you like and the good thing is is they're getting their match practice now what we need now is like Danny Wright is, is, has been training uh, which is good he's looking okay it's just that match fitness match sharpness that we're trying to get him in training you know okay. so we're doing lots of little fiver sides and etc that's the same with um, Dean Moxie okay um, yeah so, so Dean's not a million miles away but yeah, normally when people come back from injuries, they need like three or four weeks to yeah. in a, almost a pre-season scenario. So it's not as though when they're fit, they can come straight back in. We've had to do that with a few lads, obviously. That's what I'm saying. Some of them had to get fit in proper games. Yeah. And and you can see uh, the players I mentioned here, uh, Winter, Scott and, and uh, Armani, they're all getting better by the game, which is which is good. But it sort of, you know, cost us earlier on. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah. So anyway, we, you know, we got to manage it as we as we knew we had to, and we're we're not feeling sorry for ourselves. We're just gonna, you know, give it a right go, like uh, like we obviously we will. You were you were able to to play a balanced team over the last two games after after putting sort of square pegs in some round holes, and that worked on occasion. So there's nothing wrong with that, but. But actually, yeah. having players playing in their correct positions, and and people like Jake Andrews playing some of his best football on the left um, in midfield, you know that, that that's given the, the team a real balance in these games, hasn't it? Well, it has, and you can always find the positives, you know, when when you're winning, and we yeah. can always find <laughs> the enough, negatives yeah. when we're losing. You yeah. know, I mean, I don't like the square. Uh, no, okay. square pegs in round old stuff because sometimes needs must and clubs like ours we don't have you know 25 first teamers no, if a, you like you a, know. and you brought in players that you hoped could play in different Correct. positions as well didn't you yeah, yeah. I mean look at you know like um, Adam Randall for instance he's been brilliant wherever he's been yeah. and yeah. you know you know that he's he's clever enough and a good enough footballer to understand the role wherever he is and you know if I'd have said to people he's going to have to play right back sometimes or right wing back you need Adam Randall on the pitch because of his legs his running his, his you know, not just his ability but yeah. his brain yeah and uh, and he did great for us at, at right you know right sided of four midfielders so um, you know I'm, I'm, things like that where you have to adjust now obviously we we struggled a little bit for a, a left back uh, at a time, as you you know, that's probably the position most people would think of when yeah. we have this discussion. Yeah. Um, so that's you know we, that's why we we, we tried out to bring uh, uh, Law in, um, Ryan Law, and we got him in the end, and um, it was a it was a good signing because I think he's done very very well, and certainly gives good competition to people like Dean Moxie. Uh, absolutely, I think Law's been. Been very good. Uh, obviously, yeah. 
Andrews, I want to go back to Andrews, has played really well over the last couple of games. Yeah. He's not yeah. had the opportunity to play on the on the left side because obviously Ben Whitfield has been marvellous when he's been playing. So so that avenue's almost been closed for him. So he's taken that that that, that position and almost made it his again, hasn't he, in the in the meantime? He's, he took it very well. He's he's probably, you know, been one of our best players over the last couple of games. And the thing with Jake is he's very clever. He's got a football brain. He's got the technique. He's got the quality uh, to, to play out there and, and to, to be on the pitch. Um, and he's, he's waited, waited his, he's bided his time, as it were. And uh, he knew that when he was back in, and this is why you need the competition, yeah. that he, he didn't want to lose that place. And so he's probably, you know, he's had his best two games probably, uh, you know, that he's had for the club. We all know he's got the ability. Um, but, uh, you know, he had his knee problems early on where yeah. we had to drain, uh, you know, drain the fluid out of his knee on three occasions. So that didn't help him stay in the team. But uh, he's certainly fighting back now, and uh, credit to him. Okay, brilliant. Uh, I just want to have a quick mention of a, of a local lad done good. We, we, we might see um, Ollie Watkins make his England debut tonight if he if he gets possibly a chance yeah. from the bench. Now he he was at Exeter and he, he was a he, he he knows people. He was from Newton Abbott. He knows people around here. Knows some of the players. He was good friends with. Jamie Reid, apparently. Um, yeah. He he's he's a player that people like Adam Randall and, and 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 others can look at and go, yeah, actually we can we can make the the grade. We can get right up there and play for England. Of course, they can. There's always a there's a pathway for good players. That's for sure. Because everybody's you know wants the good players. The good players move up, albeit with the league uh, with the team they're with, or with a team that's bought them or took them. Uh, took them in themselves and you know I, I always say to our lads listen I don't want to lose anyone but yeah. at the end of the day there is a pathway if you're good enough and dedicated enough um, and and you know he's a fine example of that absolutely absolutely Gary well good luck for the weekend good luck for training Thank you. Thursday Friday uh, Thank you. I'll let you get on with it and uh, put together another plan for another win <laughs> okay, we we're always planning for it. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, thanks, no. thanks, Gary. Cheers, Cheers for that. Hello. Bye. See you, Richard. So great news on Danny Wright being back in training. I mean, we're not a one-man team. We're very much not a one-man team. But there isn't a Talking United supporter who won't be delighted with that news that uh, Gary let slip there in your chat that Danny Wright is back in training, playing little five sides. That'll do for me for this morning's good news. Yeah, that, that's the kind of news that makes your day, really, isn't it? And I hope it makes a lot of people's day. I mean, we've done well in the last couple of games without him, but, but you know, from, from previous outings and the, the bit of the slump that we had after Christmas, uh, it's obvious that uh, we have missed him. Um, there's no getting yeah. away from that. And uh, to have him back, um, you know, he's not putting a time scale on it, but to have him back would be brilliant, wouldn't it? I imagine it lifts the squad as well to be at training and to have your kind of, you know, your number one striker back in training with you, back knocking the ball around with you. It must lift the whole team. Yeah, let's not forget, he, he had an operation on his hamstring. Now, uh, my medical knowledge isn't uh, massive and I don't know how severe that, that uh, operation would have been. But any, any operation to me is... Uh, uh, quite dramatic. So um, you know, to come back uh, and and be playing five sides already, that's got to be good. 
under the guidance of obviously Gary and Kai Hepworth, a physio. Um, now, how long it will be before he's match fit, which is something that Gary did point out, uh, is, is, you know, is something that Gary will keep to himself and hopefully... Uh, in the next month, inside the next month, uh, we because Gary won't give it away beforehand. We will, we will log on to a live stream to discover that that, Gan, uh, that Danny Wright's in the team or on the bench. I should imagine would be the, uh, the the starting point. Yeah, I would think so. So with thirteen games left, uh, as Gary says, if we can get him back for the last five or six, it'd be a massive boost. You know, he brings the balance back into the team. We'll talk about that a little bit later as well you know bringing one player into the side just gives the whole team a balance yeah and also good, good news on Dean Moxie by the sound of it that he's pretty close too yeah um so I, I, gradually getting back. I did ask about injuries with the caveat uh, that, that Gary has said to me before he won't tell me about injuries but keep asking the question and he did yeah. tell me about some injuries this 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 week so uh, thank you for that Gary um Obviously, it's not hard and fast dates on those injuries, but yeah, Danny Wright uh, and Dean Moxie um, is available. But but you know, uh, Dean Moxie has got more time now because I think uh, Ryan Law has done really well since uh, since coming on loan from Plymouth Argyle. Came on as a sub in the second half of the game against Maidenhead, which uh, we all know was a bit of a disaster uh, as a whole for the squad. Or for the team, but the two games yeah. since then that he started, um, the two wins, I think he's he's added a lot of balance to the to the to the team, um, a, a natural left left footed left back um, uh, that that's given the chance for Jake Andrews to play on the left wing with Ben Whitfield out uh, injured, and and suddenly everything seems to be slotting into place as in players playing in their preferred positions now i did say to gary you know square hegs square pegs round holes uh, and he he didn't like that term because and uh, as he has said to me before he, he signed players that he hoped could play in more than one position at the start of the season and so um you know that 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 doesn't necessarily the case the square square pegs round holes but um it is good when all 11 players are playing in positions that they are um, understood to be signed for. Yeah, and it, and it gives the team that balance. I thought, I, I think you're right, Ryan Law was outstanding, particularly on Tuesday night. Um, he was marking a tricky play. He was marking Ryan Barrett, who's Solihull mm. Moore's you know, latest big signing. They yeah. picked him up, I think, from Shrewsbury. Yeah. He did a terrific job of marking Barrett, but also getting forward getting the ball, as you say, up to Jake Andrews, who we will wax lyrical about a bit later on. Um, but yeah, I, I think Ryan Law, there were a couple of times in the Kings Lynn game when I thought he maybe made a couple of dodgy decisions, but that's your first game. And I thought Solihull Moors, I thought he played like a, he was a seasoned pro against Solihull Moors on Tuesday. Superb performance. I like him a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, he, he's a good little footballer. He's young. He's got a future ahead of him. Um, he's obviously got talky links because of his father, um, who is uh, obviously Gareth Law, who who was a striker and then turned into our physio and yeah. is now the physio at Exeter. So there's a there's a there's a talky Plymouth Exeter link to this to this player at the moment, and um, you know he, he he plays the ball around nicely. He's not afraid to to to, to try a clever pass. Um, that's not always good in a left back, but it seems to be coming off at the moment. 
And yeah. Um, yeah. as I said, he's linking up with with with, uh, with with Jake Andrews. This has been quite special over the last two games. Um, uh, you know, we the 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 nightmare scenario for I think me and you and probably most Torquay fans over the last couple of months especially with this injury injury crisis has been what if Ben Whitfield gets injured yeah yeah you know yeah. he has been the number one outstanding player of the season um especially early on in the season when he was killing uh, right backs with his with his pace and uh, and close ball control um it you know it looked like he was irreplaceable but he ha- he has picked up an injury and Ryan Law coming into the left back slot has given Jake Andrews the chance to play in the position that he likes to play, which is 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 right uh, left midfield, which he hasn't ha- been able to play because of the form of, of Ben Whitfield, and he has he's done really well. I think he's you know, and and the addition of of, of Ryan Law and the injury of of um, Ben Whitfield has, has has led that to happen. Yeah, and they are adaptable players, aren't they as well? But, I mean, looking at the two games over the last few days, then beat Kings Lynn 1-0. Funnily enough, Gary was saying on the podcast last week, we had a little bit of a joke about a scruffy 1-0 against Kings Lynn would do quite nicely, and that's exactly what it was. Yeah. That, was not, um, that was not a game for anybody's highlight reel, was it? But, no, but um, it was a 1-0 Scott, win. Yeah, that's right. Scott Bowden got the goal. Good to see Scott Bowden getting one. Um, it came because Connor Lemon Hay Evans had done what um, you know everybody's been wanting players to do, have a go. Ping one in from the edge of the box and the goalkeeper spilled it. Uh, I mean, every, everyone's been wanting Torquay to shoot a bit more. There have been times in the in the recent months when uh, uh, there's been some really good interplay between players outside the box. But when they've got into shooting positions, they've they've almost tried to carry that on at points and uh, and and yeah. wasted opportunities. Yeah. I did I did enjoy our uh, our, our colleague uh, David Thomas's um, screaming of the word shoot. During the uh, during, James getting a bit yeah, frustrated during it? during the streaming on Saturday, <laughs> uh, sorry Tuesday night. Um, yeah, uh, if, if if anyone was wearing headphones at that point, I think they might have uh, they might have jumped out of their seats. But two of the three goals that we got over the last few days have come from open play. One of them was a superb free kick from Jake Andrews. Um, when we won the free kick, I put Jake Andrews question mark on the blog, and mm-hmm. uh, he duly obliged with yep. uh, one. Which the, the, the fact that the keeper helped it in didn't uh, take away from the fact it was a lovely strike, and we know he can do that as a left-footed player. You know, J- Jake Andrews. Let's let's talk about him for a bit because, it, as, as Gary said in his interview, that he seized his chance to get back into this team. And on Tuesday, I thought he was as good as we've ever seen him. Well, I thought he was as good as we've ever seen him against Kings Lynn, and then he bettered that on on Tuesday. So yeah, he he's having a he's got a he's in a streak of form which we we, we hope will continue, which is 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 helping us at a crucial time as we wait for all these players to come back. Uh, and you know, um, w- would you bring Ben straight back into the team at the moment with Jake playing like this? Um, well, that's, yeah, and will that's and will Dean Moxie come straight back into the team with with Ryan Law yeah. playing like this? I know it's only two games, and and you know I could I could be told that I'm getting a bit carried away with a one nil win and a two nil win, but you know um, let let let's let's enjoy the wins as much as 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 be disappointed about the defeats. Absolutely. Um, I, I mean, and Adam Randall, lovely finish for the second hole, second goal yeah. against the Solihull Moors on yeah. Tuesday. 
that was the Jake Andrews cross as well. It I mean, was, there a, was so much to it was, a, it, it was a that pick that out strike, wasn't it? Oh, it was. It was. But there's yeah, so much to enjoy about that game. The first half, um, <clears throat> Torquay were completely on top, scored a couple of cracking goals, could have had more. Second half, I thought, was as good as we've seen from Torquay for very different reasons. I mean, for goodness sake, when it comes to Christmas next year, don't buy me the DVD of either of those games that we've just seen because um, there's not a great deal of action in the second half on Tuesday night. But that was the whole point of Torquay's performance. They just shut the game down in the second half. No, this, uh, this dark art, the dark art of game management that uh, managers talk about. Yeah, I, I failed to ask Gary about that, but um, he said an interesting thing in the uh, in the post match interview, which was on the Torquay website. He said um, you couldn't even expect Man City to play like that for for, for a whole whole uh, ninety minutes for for two halves. Um, that's how well he thought Torquay had played in the first half, and he was right. Um, and uh, in the second half, it, it, it was approached differently, wasn't it? Well, it was. I mean, it, it, once you'd got your head around the fact that Torquay weren't going to be creating very many chances in the second half, and you started appreciating what they were doing instead, um, it, was, it was a fascinating, fascinating second half. How you manage the game, there's a lot more to it than mere mortals like you and I understand, Richard. This is a, something that football coaches know like the back of their hands and we can only just sort of guess that really but to stop Solihull Morse from playing so effectively you know when they were, we slowed the game down when they wanted to speed it up yeah and we sped the game up when they wanted to slow it down I think Gary said <clears throat> years ago about um, he wants his players to be like wasps at a picnic you know to be harrying around when the opposition have got the ball to be in their faces to be around them to stop them getting space and time they did that so well on Tuesday well, they very often don't even notice that there were there were points in that second half where the, where the, the game was being played for long periods of time just in a, a kind of band half of sort of three quarters yeah. of the way up the pitch just inside uh, Sully Holmore's um, um, half so that kind of like around the the center circle in their half area and and yeah. and not much was happening but a lot was happening if you know what I mean yeah I mean that's it's it's it was absolutely absorbing as I say the second half on Tuesday night wasn't enthralling and it wasn't spectacular and you know if you I kind of feel a bit sorry for whoever's making the uh, the highlights reel for the club website because They'll have plenty of the first half to put on there. But after, I remember match of the day once, many, many years ago, or it might have been the big match, and they said, we're going to join the uh, the game in the second half because, frankly, there were no highlights in the first half. Um, <laughs> and you could almost say the same about the second half at Torquay on Tuesday night. It was just an absorbing tactical encounter and, and enjoyable for all that. Of course, Gary will, will, will enjoy those highlights, uh, as in... He he would like to see that more, that yeah. kind of closing up shop performance yeah. in the in the opponent's area, uh, and stopping them from doing anything, and and making sure that that, that the points are safe. He'd like to see yeah. that more. So uh, as much as he wants to see goals, and let's face it, we've needed to see goals because we haven't scored a lot. I mean that that goal uh, the Scott Bowden scored against uh, Kings Lynn was the. Uh, thank you to Ray from the the streaming, uh, the commentator Ray from the streaming for this. But it was the first goal in open play for three hundred or oh, three hundred and forty four minutes, I think he said, um, yeah, which was yeah. a, an astonishing stat um, and a good one from from, from him. Um, 
we got a bit of luck, didn't we? I mean, we uh, we had a lot of luck at the start of the season. Then it dried up, and it's come back a bit again. Yeah. Uh, the goalkeeper, uh, the Kingsland goalkeeper, parried Connor Lemon Evans' shot. I mean, that's always a possibility. So that's why you shoot. You don't necessarily shoot to score with your shot. You know, uh, anything can happen f- f- from the second phase of play. And, yeah. and and that was the fact that the, the goalkeeper parried the ball straight at Bowden's feet and he put it away. Now, let's, let's remember, he was offside for it, but <clears throat> he'd had an easier chance in yes. the first half which or, or earlier on in the game, which, uh, which he'd put wide. It was a terrible miss. Uh, yeah. And then, and, then, and then he had a, <clears throat> um, an overhead kick, which... Uh, was very athletic and, and, and well pulled off. But um, unfortunately, you can't always tell where the goalkeeper is when you're doing an overhead kick and it went straight to the goalkeeper. Left or right, it, might, it would have gone in. But So he's, he's deserved... I, I, think, I think it's worth praising Bowden as well for his performance. Um, Johnson, Gary Johnson seems to have settled on, on, on Scott Bowden for the time being as his number one striker um, yeah. with, uh, with Josh Umer and... and, and uh, uh, Billy Walters. Billy Walters. I was trying to remember his first name. Billy Walters um, on the bench, um, yeah. coming on and, and adding to, to things later on. Scott Bowden holds the ball up well, and, and I think that's what we've needed as well as scoring goals. And now we're scoring goals as well. Then uh, yeah, great, great stuff. But I mean, but looking ahead to the future, the idea of Scott Bowden uh, playing up front, holding the ball up, laying it off, and having Danny Wright back in the team to play alongside him. Um, would be quite something. But that yeah. opens up the question again that you touched on earlier on. Is who do you drop? What happens when <clears> Darren <throat> Namain suddenly turns up on Friday and says, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good, Gaffer. I'm ready for um, a game at Dagenham and Redbridge. You don't drop Adam Randall. We're going to have a bloody strong bench, aren't we? We certainly are. You know, <laughs> players turn up. Dean Moxie turns up. You can't drop Ryan Law at the moment. You wouldn't drop Randall at the moment. No. Hawkman Little in the centre of midfield. Lemon Hay Evans in the centre of midfield. He, you know, the, the players who, you know, the round pegs in the round holes, if you like, then. But the players who have come in have seized their chance, uh, as you knew they would do. And they're making themselves very difficult to get out of the team now, I would have thought. Absolutely. Armani Little's doing well, isn't he? I mean, obviously, ev- I mean, every time he comes back, you, you, you hold your breath because... Uh, and the last three times he's come back from an injury, he's been, in, he's played maybe one or two games or a half a game here, and you know he's been injured again, and it's not always been the same injury either. So you hold your breath every time he goes in for a challenge. Yeah, exactly. uh, I remember that used to be the case when uh, um, Luke Young used to go in for a challenge after uh, after his long injury out, and uh, you know he was so important to the team and. For for a couple of weeks, every time he went into in, into a challenge, you know you. you, you You'd yeah. hold, hold your breath and, 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 and close your eyes and, and pray to whoever. I remember, I think I was sitting alongside you on the press bench when Luke Young played one of his returning games after a knee injury and he went in <clears> for a crunching challenge that you could hear from up in the stands. And there was a silence in the ground. Everybody just went, for a moment, <laughs> until he, just until he got up and, and OK, he's OK. He's made it through that one. But yeah, I think Armani is well. I mean, Armani is a mature player now, isn't he? Yeah. You can see he's, you know, he's he's confident on the ball. He's moving off the ball. He's, you know, he's he's back to the Armani little that we originally signed. Yeah, absolutely. I think also <clears throat> when you're watching a game critically, 
Um, and I, w w when, I, when I say critically, I mean because uh, recent games haven't been that good. So you're watching it with a, an extra critical eye. You see more bad stuff um, yeah. than, than you would if you've just come off the end of a 4-0 win and you're watching the game with a different eye. Um, I know that might sound a bit nuts, but, but Armani Little is a good example. And you can watch his game uh, um, uh, with a positive critical eye and see everything good he does. Yeah. You can watch his game yeah. with a negative critical eye and see everything bad he does. And sometimes it's easy to, for, one, for, for the negative eye to, to cloud the critical eye, if you know what I mean. But at the moment, he's playing really well. Now, because of our, our recent form, I keep on noticing things he does and, and think, oh, oh, you know, is he back to what he should be? However, he probably did them all the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it because is. we were we, when he was, you know, when he's on top of his game and talking of winning, you just don't notice that stuff. You just notice the good stuff, and that's why I'm not a football coach. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and you know, we're we're cock a hoop because we've got six points. Yeah, exactly. So it's very it's much a positive eye, can... isn't it? Yeah, it's but true, but 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 how quickly can it become a, a critical eye, a negative eye, if um if, if they go one nil down on Saturday? Yeah, yeah, that's very true, very true. But that's what being a football fan is all about, indeed, isn't it? It's indeed. a sort of blind optimism. As um, uh, uh, Peter, one of our regular uh, listeners, occasionally <clears> pulls me up on my blind optimism about Torquay United. But you're you're a fan. You want them to do well, and uh, when they've won a couple of games in the week, everything does look different. Uh, two clean sheets as well, which we yeah. shouldn't um, we shouldn't gloss over. Lucas Covalan. Um, has had a, a busy couple of games. He hasn't exactly been underemployed in those two uh, two games this last week. But two clean sheets, made some good saves. Um, you know, he, he's staked his claim again, coming back into the team, hasn't he? Yeah, I feel a bit sorry for Sean McDonald uh, being, being uh, the one who drops to the bench. I'm not yeah. sure he's done very much wrong um, during the, the, the bad period. I don't think a lot has been his fault. Uh, however... Um, you know there were four goals at Maidenhead, and I think uh, maybe Gary just just decided it was time to just just make a change now that uh, Lucas was was back fit. And Dave on on the stream, Dave Thomas on the stream did did comment that he's a bit more of a physical presence than, than Sean, yeah, yeah. and and maybe that's what uh, Gary was was looking for, um, especially you know uh, the, the, they had a big man up front, didn't they? Uh, uh, Sully Hull, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, and uh, maybe maybe he, you know, the chess player that Gary is was, was playing two or three moves ahead. Yeah, yeah, could be, but I mean, fortunate to have two very very good goalkeepers on the squad. Yeah, absolutely, well, three. But I mean, there was a photo the other day, and in, in uh, our, we we use Pinnacle Filmingo's agency for our photos, don't we, uh, Devon Live and. and uh, and the Herald Express, and there was a photo of uh, the uh, the Reading Loney goalkeeper uh, without having practiced it and, and not mentioned his name for about two two weeks. I'm not going to try it now. Mar I'm going to call him Marcin. I'm going to call him. Well done. I'm going to call him Marcin. But he's still there. I haven't asked the question, but I'm presuming that James Hammond has now uh, re returned to Truro, although Truro aren't playing, so he returned to Civvy Street for for the summer. But um, yeah. Uh, you know, we still have uh, uh, the 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 Marcin. Uh, you say his name. Krasovsky. Thank yeah. you. 
uh, in the squad. So, so three goalkeepers, yeah, in, in good times in, 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 at the back there. Let's look ahead to Saturday then. Um, away to Dagenham and Redbridge, always a tough team to beat. They, you know, they've been up there. They've been up in League One recently. <clears throat> well, in recent years, I suppose. Um, decent side, Dagenham and Redbridge. They beat us at Plainmore December the fifteenth, which brought an eleven-game unbeaten league run to an end. Yeah. Uh, and, and Paul McCallum was the scorer, wasn't he? We, we were sitting down in the uh, the benches behind the goal then, weren't we? So we got a very good view of McCallum's goal. We were. Very good header, wasn't it? Uh, yes, it to was. score that goal, and then in the second half, we were all over them. Is that right? Or yeah, it was the second I half? We were. Was it the second was half? 20, I, was that the twenty-two shots game? Or I can't, I can't remember. I think it might have been, but I might be wrong. I'm trying to work out uh, if McAdam scored that goal in the second half. Oh no, he was scored that goal in the first half, and then Torquay were attacking our end in the second half. So yes, it, it was. Yeah. And when we had a ridiculous amount of shots on target, and we were playing well, and and on on another day we we might have won three one, or four one, yeah. or five one, or whatever. Dagenham and Redbridge, they'd had Mitch Brundle sent off before half time as well. That's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, it was it was it was a loss, but it didn't feel like a. It felt like a loss because we'd lost, but it but it didn't feel like a loss performance wise. So, I mean, they'll be tough to beat, but, you know, Gary's got the team playing, they're buzzing, the players are coming back. I, you know, I have a reasonably good feeling about Saturday. We've played Dagenham and Redbridge 15 times down the years. We've won five, drawn five, lost five. Whoa! So something's, got, something's got to give. Something's got to give. <laughs> yeah, so uh, uh, players who've played for both, thanks to Julian for these, are Paul McCallum, of course. Brian Saar played for both. Mm-hmm. Good centre-back, Brian Saar. Joe Quigley, Luke Guttridge... Dan Sparks uh, and a few others down the years when they were just Redbridge and um, the, the, the other team that uh, joined them in. But yeah, we go back a long way with Dagenham and Redbridge and it's going to be a tough game. Yeah, um, I, I think Gary would, would say at this point, every game's a tough game. Yeah. Um, yeah our, our, uh, our old colleague at the Herald Express, uh, Comrade Sutcliffe, would sit next to me subbing reports from hockey teams and, uh, and rugby teams, lower league stuff. And uh, he would always chuckle when uh, someone had, had, had put... Uh, there, there's no easy games in Petrock 1 division of, of the North Devon Hockey League. Um, yeah. You know, there obviously were a few easy games because some of those scores were ridiculous. But you get the point. Uh, there are no easy yeah. games in any league. Um, no. you, you have to work hard to win any game. Um, the hardest working team is normally the, the, the winner of any game. Um, not necessarily the most skillful. But if Torquay can do to Dagenham and Redbridge on Saturday what they did to Solihull Moors in the second half on Tuesday, then uh, they've got a good chance, haven't they? They've got a good chance. Well, if they do what they did in the first half, they'll they'll slaughter them. Uh, yeah. uh, and if they do what they did do <clears throat> did in the second half, then uh, yeah, they they they'll, they'll consolidate their lead. A uh, big game tonight for England, the World Cup uh, qualifying campaign, and uh, Ollie Watkins. How did Wales? Go, how did Wales do last night, guy? Uh, they did not win. Oh, they oh. took the lead. I did. I was World watching. I was. <coughs> I'm catching up on Call of Duty from the from the beginning. So we're. Oh my! Uh, my laptop's just turned off. Excuse me, listeners. Right, we're back. Hello, guy. Sorry, I hadn't plugged my laptop in, and the battery ran out. Oh, right. Okay. I thought you, you suddenly froze and went quiet. I thought it was something I'd say. No, I, you, the, the, the screen went blank and it, it went and uh, I, I looked around the back and I realised I hadn't 
put the it was, plug in. Yeah, that, that, that's true. No, I was about to ramble on about uh, Line of Duty. Talk about going off on tangents. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, watching, I'm watching Line of Duty from the start again because <coughs> the new series is on. And uh, so Wales was on my, uh, my, my tablet next to me. OK, well, now I haven't seen any of Line of Duty, <coughs> but I think I'm going to do what you've done and start right from the, uh, right from the beginning. So we might end up doing a Line of Duty podcast. That know? sounds good. Yeah, they're, they're all the trend, aren't they? BBC like they that are. kind of thing. Uh, no, I've watched, I've watched most of them before, but um, obviously it was quite a while ago. It was 2013, Series 2 I'm on at the moment when that was out. So um, funnily enough, we watched, me and my wife watched the first series again this week and... Uh, Really couldn't remember anything about it, which is amazing because it's quite a big thing when it was on. But we couldn't remember what happened and who did what and who ended up having done what and you know all the business, all the business. So it's like, it's just like watching a new thing again. It's great. Fabulous, good stuff. Look back to football. Yeah, Ollie sorry. Watkins. Let's talk a little bit about Ollie Watkins. There's a fabulous piece on the Guardian website uh, today about Ollie and Exeter and Brentford and, and um, Kevin Nicholson and Ryan Northmore are quoted in it. Yeah. Um, he's a local lad through and through, isn't he? And I'm looking forward to seeing him um, get on for England tonight, hopefully against San Marino. Uh, and as Gary was saying in the chat that you had with him this morning, he just illustrates that pathway Yeah. Um, that's open for players <clears throat> like Ryan Law, for Adam Randall, you know, young players coming through, you know, there is the chance these days, even with um, so many foreign imports in the Premier League, there is a chance to make a name for yourself and do what Ollie's done. Yeah, Ollie's done marvellous in the Premiership since he since he started there at the, the start of the season at Aston Villa. He he's been it's been a remarkable uh, rise, and uh, he hasn't looked out of place. Scored a hat trick like against Liverpool. Liverpool. Let's 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 wonder how many people have ever done that. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and this is a lad who, my, my friend Michael Pryor uh, has a photo of um, him in a five-a-side team standing next to Ollie Watkins from about, I don't know, he would have been about 15, 16 years old at the time. Yeah. Uh, um, it was, oh, I don't know who's, who's, whose five-a-side team it was. It was a one-off and they were playing Palm FM and... Uh, it was it was something to do with the entertainment industry in in South Devon because Ollie, Ollie's mother was a singer, is yeah. a singer. I apologise, is a singer, and I think uh, it was it was uh, my friend's um, links to the entertainers of, of the Bay. Um, he was in that team with Ollie Watkins. Yeah. Uh, he's got that now as his uh, as his main photo on every every social media etc. Uh, he came on and scored a hat trick against Palm FM. I, I, I doubt Palm FM ever ever knew who he was. Well, I'm trying to think <coughs> if I was Palm FM because I, I was there for a little while and played a couple of games for him, but I don't remember playing against Ollie Watkins. Oh, there we go. <laughs> you may well have done. football lads um, you know was was involved in a team that Ollie played for way back in the day and he was saying there were times when Ollie didn't look a million dollars when he was playing but he worked and worked and worked and learned the game and you know did as it says in that Guardian piece you know he'd get back into his own area and, and you know head balls clear you know, he's not a prima donna is he he's a hard-working player and, and you know it's just great to see him succeed yeah absolutely and, and also what, what a wonderful thing for for Ryan Northmore to have um, been one of the coaches in his development, you know, a, a well-remembered talky goalkeeper who 
maybe could have had a longer career with us, but uh, ended up manager of Western Supermare, where where uh, Ollie was yeah. on loan from Exeter and made his uh, his goal scoring debut for him, didn't he? He did. So if you're uh, if you're listening to this any time after Thursday evening, you'll know already um, what sort of debut Ollie Watkins made for uh, England. If indeed he does get on, but we're, well, let's uh, hope he gets we're on. Yeah. The game. I would expect him to get on at some point. Hmm. You would have thought so against with respect to San Marino, <coughs> which is uh, which is always the phrase that you use before giving no respect to somebody. But with respect to San Marino, you'd think England would uh, ring the changes a little bit at some point in the second half. I know it's a long, long time ago, but games against San Marino always bring back the memory of the day when we needed to beat them by six goals and, and, and were 1-0 down within 34 seconds or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. Uh, I remember watching that in the pub um, and it's a long, long time ago and <clears throat> in my mind it's Terry Butcher, bad pack, back pass, but could it have been that long ago? Maybe it was. I can't remember. There was a programme on a while ago <clears throat> with um, Harry Redknapp reassembling an England team to play in San Marino and the guy who scored that goal after 34 seconds had a central part in the, in the programme. <laughs> yeah. Very good. Very, a massive celebrity in San Marino. I bet. Because, uh, yeah. because of that. Um, so we've had some sad news this week as well for the uh, Chalky United, for the Yellow Army, for the family. Alan Slough <clears throat> uh, died this week. Yeah. Uh, the age of 73. He'd had Parkinson's for a long time. Uh, coach at Torquay, Bruce Rioch brought him to Claymore in 1981. Of course, he played in the FA Cup final for Fulham. Uh, played a lot of games for Luton, Fulham, Peterborough and Millwall. But a, a lot of people will remember him for his contribution to local football. He was involved with Christians in sport. He did a lot of coaching locally. Of course, his grandson, Louis, is on the books at Playmore now. Um, but yeah, very sad news. People who, who'd met and been coached by or played football with Alan down the years have all got very, very fond memories of him. Yeah, really, really, really became part of the com- really became part of Torquay's community, didn't he? Or Dev- South Devon's community, I should say, coaching schools. And you know, when I when I was a kid, Alan Slough was a, a local coach of some renown. I don't think that I possibly knew his pedigree either. You know, you just knew him as a as a big coach on the local scene. Um, yeah. You know, uh, the football needs these people. It always has done, always will, and 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 uh, it'll be a sad loss and, and and missed by many, I'm sure. Absolutely, and the community does as well. I mean, working on the Herald Express, we used to talk to Alan regularly. He'd be doing various things. Yeah. He'd be doing coaching courses. He'd be involved in all kinds of <clears> things, <throat> trying to bring on the next generation of Ollie Watkins and people yeah. like that, getting involved in coaching the kids. So, um, yeah, very sadly missed and, and thoughts this week with um, Alan's friends and family. With, with Alan and, and coaches like that, though, I, I, it's not just trying to find a, a diamond in a, a haystack, is it? You know, it's uh, it's trying, it's, it's giving the kids something to, to care about and do um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and enjoy and be passionate about. And uh, whether they're... Um, you know that they're they're of of the quality of 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 Ollie Watkins or or they're me playing in my heyday playing for the Kents, you know it's 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 about any skill level and I think uh, sometimes that gets lost um, in professional football that 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 idea and uh, uh, sometimes coaches at a lower level uh, are all the better because they understand that. Yeah, absolutely, and just. Before we go, just talking very quickly about the lower level, there's some great news on the back of the Herald Express this week. Yep. South Devon League football is coming back. Football's coming back. 
Well, um, if uh, Rudy, who's barking outside the door, will, uh, will let me. Um, yeah, the, the South Devon League have... Uh, you've frozen, Guy. Oh, no, you haven't. You're just very still. Oh, no, no, you're just very still. still. <laughs> I'm going to call you Marcel Marcel. Um, yeah, uh, the South Devon League... Uh, the Peninsula League uh, were going to do it, have a, a competition in the April, May. Um, but uh, those teams do thrive on... Or do exist because they have you know fans coming in and bars and stuff, and they pay some of their players. So they decided that they wouldn't do that without fans being allowed back in. But without fans back in, you know, uh, teams at the level of uh, the Devon League and uh, the South Devon League can play football. So they've decided that they will will play cup competitions to end the season, and um, and give give. Young footballers and, 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 and older footballers as well, of course, at that level. Uh, there's a chance to, to at least have a month and a bit of, 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 of proper football, competitive football, before, before the summer break, which is, which is great. Yeah, that's great. Gradually, getting back to normality. Uh, hopefully, we'll have the fans back inside playing more for the last home game of the season. That's Barnet, isn't it? Right towards the end of the season. Um, and Torquia uh, winning games again. Which yes. Is, uh, always good to see. Brilliant. Little round of applause. Uh, ladies and gents, thanks for your time <coughs> on the Yellow Army podcast this week. Um, well, let's hope for it. Well, it won't be a six-point week next week because there isn't a game on Tuesday. No. Nope. Let's hope for a three-point week uh, to talk about next time. Uh, thanks as ever. Thanks, Rich. Thanks, Rudy. And we finish <laughs> as ever. Come, Come on, on, you yellows. yellows.